0: Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of the Marketing Science Podcast, the podcast for sales and marketing professionals working within science, engineering, and healthcare. My name is Danny Lazel, your host, and in this week's episode, I sat down again with Michelle Nichols, president of Launch Team, to discuss filling the gap between marketing strategy and execution. So welcome back to the Marketing Science Podcast, Michelle. Uh, For those who don't know, Michelle Nichols is president of Launch Team over in the US and joining us today to discuss filling the gap between marketing strategy and execution. Michelle's going to be sharing some of her tips, tricks, and tools you need to fill the gap between your VP, CMO, and entry-level marketing coordinator. So Michelle, great to have you with us again. Appreciate you taking the time to join us before getting off to your Thanksgiving celebrations. Um, And I'd like to start, if I may, with uh, the C-suite. So what are some of the problems, challenges that that you're seeing there?
1: Sure. They are definitely feeling the strategic gap. Um, This shouldn't surprise us. Um, It's a combination of factors here. Really, we've been centralizing global teams in marketing for a lot of very good reasons. M&A, they're trying to create brand consistency, especially in global companies. They need to drive down costs, so they're looking for efficiencies. We've added in the complexity of omni-channel and a growing tech stack. Marketing is becoming much more specialized, which is putting marketing people in a bit of a box. And an ability to hire tactical experts. newer entry level, especially with turnover, they can train in one skill set. So they're recognizing that, but it is creating and exacerbating this gap. Um, We're actually across all sectors at an all time low in customer trust. And this isn't marketing driven, but it is marketing's problem. It's a strategic problem. We've got a gap in customer discovery. We've shifted emphasis away from customer experience in order to maintain margin, in order to survive some volatile times. So we've fallen down a bit on delivery to the customer and as their expectations have changed, that gap has widened.
0: Sorry, Michelle, is that just inevitability given the times that we're in now that the customer experience is just going to be Slightly jeopardized because we need to make those sort of efficiencies at every level of the company.
1: Yes, um, we've done. We've been a very process driven in order to find those efficiencies, and within marketing, you see it by embracing AI, a very templatized approach. Uh, it's a. It's resulting in a real sameness, so we've lost a bit of our competitive advantage, our differentiation.
0: Yeah, and you touched on it being marketing's problem. So, what are some of the what are some of the things they can think about here to 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 overcome this issue?
1: Yeah, huh. um, outside even of marketing, even sales, because of distributor relationships, uh, digital channels, we've lost track of our customer. So, marketing could get back to customer discovery, market research. Let's update our customer personas because their expectations and realities have changed so much. So if we do nothing else, let's reframe our picture of the customer and their needs and then map strategy to it.
0: So what about a coordinator level then? So that's sort of the high level strategic um, thought process. What about for the people a bit lower down the chain?
1: <laughs> Coordinators are simply overwhelmed. We, we, move to digital and omnichannel and then we layered back in all of the traditional marketing responsibilities. We work with one who's doing 36 trade shows a year. That's an awful lot of logistics. So <laughs> it's it's wild. They're simply overwhelmed. This isn't that they can't be strategic. It's that we in many cases have not set them up to be. The simple maintenance activities are more than the role can manage.
0: When you say maintenance activities, you mean just the everyday sort of can you do these social posts? Can you get this ready for this trade show? Can you write Schedule this, this blog?
1: email? Sometimes. Ship that booth. Fill out and if that there's conference. any grammatical
0: or spelling mistakes in any of this, then it'll be your neck on the line sort of thing.
1: Yes, those coordinators. Would welcome the opportunity to be elevated into a strategic role, um, to be given the space for true creative, and we haven't made that space yet.
0: So I guess the obvious question is how do how do how do we make that space?
1: It's alignment. It's getting them out of their box. Getting talking with sales, with accounting, with customer service. Um, really helping them moderate the conversation of what is our promise to the customer? How will we deliver it? What is the brand story that resonates with this market, with this customer?
0: When you when you mentioned talking with your sales team and, and building that relationship, in a practical sense, what's the best way of doing that? Is it just aligning this marketing coordinator to this sales rep and getting them to actually work together, go out on, field trips, field trips or sales trips together? How does it work in a practical way?
1: I think it's resetting the rhythm. This isn't an annual activity tied to budgeting anymore. Um, The customer's planning horizon has shrunk. And so let's make this more iterative. You know, we use a strategic calendar where we revisit Personas, the value proposition one month. We take a deeper dive into other parts of strategy another month. It should be an ongoing conversation across silos.
0: Perfect. What about other sort of specific tools, resources that sort of entry-level coordinator marketers can utilize to sort of enhance their overall performance and have a thought, thought process more strategically rather than just activity tactic-based?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a real shift in the college programming, and some of it's concerning to me. Um, you know, we at a high school level, push people into a four year degree, and what would have been journalism or communications are now marketing grads. And there isn't any education in many of those programs around business finance. They don't know how to read a p and l. Um, they haven't had sales exposure. And so, And many of those colleges are pushing for them to be first day ready. And I don't think that's a realistic goal for them. Uh, They could be tactically first day ready. They could know how to work in uh, a marketing platform to send an email, but they lack the rest of the context. And this certainly isn't a young people these days rant. Uh, some of my <laughs> best employees, my most promising people we work with on the client side, too, are newer grads, but we've been able to have them shadow and work in other disciplines, to give them as much exposure as we can.
0: So as you say, is that the key then to get that exposure whilst still at college rather than get them first day ready, as you said, tactically but then sort of throwing them in at the deep end. Do they We're need to have they're in your employee,
1: Let's get them relationships with and exposure to as many of the other departments as we can.
0: So at the start of a, any sort of new hires marketing career, is that the sort of advice you're giving? You get them involved in as many areas as possible as early as possible?
1: Yes. And focus on the other parts of a college education that are be important here at a strategic level. Um, You know how to research. You know how to um, express your thoughts in writing and argue a point of view. Emotional intelligence, I can't emphasize enough. Because we need marketers who are resilient to change, who can lead that change, especially a new market entry, new product launch. There are a lot of unknowns. You need a certain... Tolerance for risk, tolerance for being wrong, um, designing experiments, even A/B testing, requires the mindset, a growth mindset, that your hypothesis could be wrong, um, so that you can make better data-driven decisions.
0: What what prevents people from make, making data-driven decisions? Is it just the sort of defensiveness side of things, or uh, what's going on there?
1: we have both. Um, often a propensity for defensiveness, but also a lot of those programs don't aren't quantified. They don't have exposure to finance, they may not know how to read a P&L, and they may not know what to do with the metrics available to them. Uh, and without broader experience, they won't know what a benchmark or baseline is. What should they expect? And then what to do about it.
0: So what would you recommend to sort of avoid this or things to put in place to to help people in these positions?
1: Culturally, we need a setting where it's okay, where we celebrate failure and the wins, um, that experimenting in itself within a controlled environment. We A, B test. We get it done. We look at the metrics, and we're ever better. Um, so they need leadership that supports that. Uh, that has some room for pure creative for new ideas uh, that applauds new ideas and tests them out Uh, that we can help them set KPIs of the thousands of data points available to them what are the three numbers we care about this year what are the forward looking indicators
0: (laughs) revenue revenue and revenues (laughs) (laughs) Much. Depends who you ask. Um, so how, I was just thinking, how much of how much of the gap between sort of your executives and your and your coordinators is to do with the fact that the coordinators entering the market now are all going to be digital first. They'll have been digital their whole lives. Um, more of the C-suite have obviously brought into digital in the last sort of five to 10 years. Is it is that playing a big role here or is that just something we've all got used to now?
1: And they have a lot to learn from each other. Uh, So anything we can do to set that conversation, that back and forth, is for the good. Um, There are many things that are still true, and they can still be aligned in customer first. What does the customer care about? How do we reach them? How do we resonate? And if we start there, the rest of the plan fleshes itself out. So
0: I was just thinking back to what you were saying about... um... About having an environment for failure, I think it might be Amazon or one of the other big tech companies that they have. to sort of they celebrate the big failures, or like on a weekly, monthly basis, because without the failures, obviously, you don't have the the Amazon um, Amazon Web Services and all those other massive things that makes play such a big role in in their in their business. So yeah, I, I really, really really like that idea, and especially for the younger people, it's hard to accept or be willing to put forward an idea that might be not laughed at, but might not be taken forward. And I think there's that sort of worry that there are going to be laughed at and things like that. Is that something you you notice at all?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I often will start brainstorms with, here's a really bad idea <laughs> be- because it makes it safe for them to put theirs on the table. Anything you can do to set that table to get them to speak up, Um, depending on the culture, sometimes speaking up itself is a challenge. Remote makes brainstorming particularly hard. And so we've had to go round robin and call on people. We have had to stack the deck with here are the questions we're going to be asking, bring three ideas, anything to give them a voice as they build some confidence. We'll better the team.
0: Yeah, I think I inadvertently start most of our idea meetings with a bad idea, but maybe I'll just pretend that that was deliberate from now on. You
1: know, um, you're a cultural
0: <laughs> mastermind. <laughs> um, one of the things I think that sort of the younger generation can learn from um, sort of more experienced marketers this is this sort of storytelling aspect of marketing. And I wanted to get your thoughts on sort of what makes a masterful storyteller. If you've got any good examples of companies you've worked with, or anything from just sort of general day today.
1: Sure. I actually just judged a bunch of startup pitches for a business challenge in deep tech. And most of what we do is industrial. It's tech, it's deep tech, it's materials. Um, these are not sexy things. But we can get to how does this impact people's lives? And that is a as important to the customer to resonating and making their work feel important, recognizing that, as it is to the people in your marketing department that uh, you're working toward something bigger than yourself and your paycheck. So what's it mean to the end user? What is the potential for the research that your instruments are enabling? Um, tell a bigger story even though this product may be an incremental part of it.
0: Basically, how do you make their lives easier in an interesting story sort of way? Have you got any uh, favorite examples from outside of the industries that you work in sort of every day-to-day sort of marketing? Sorry to put you on the spot like this. I probably should have asked you about this beforehand, but anything that comes to mind?
1: We are doing a lot in research and instrumentation right now. Um, It is simply enabler. It is allowing researchers to discover some of those discoveries will save lives, will change the way we think about biology. Um, It's not our win, not the makers of the instruments win, um, but you are part of enabling true discovery and novel research that will impact lives. You're lifting up your customers and their work. And as long as you keep that frame on it, um, in spotlighting your customers, the work they're doing, the progress they're seeing, you're in the right space.
0: So if we're talking about sort of go-to-market, product launch, that sort of thing, what are sort of the things that need to be considered here?
1: Sure. I think there is a gap there right now because of lack of cross-functional alignment between sales, marketing, and engineering. Um, We also had a backlog of new product launches coming out of the pandemic that had been delayed and supply chain issues. Some of those supply chain issues are delaying product launch or product availability by six months, nine months, even 12 months. And the horse is out of the stable. We started talking about that product with the old timing in mind. Um, And so it will be a challenge for marketing to tell a crisp story, avoid falling down on customer promises um, of technology availability, ship dates, um, and to really relaunch those products once available.
0: So what should marketers do in the sort of the meantime between the sort of, okay, we've already started this. Oh, dear, let's hold hold your horses a little. But then to get people excited all over again is difficult. So what what are your thoughts, suggestions there?
1: Open up lines of communication with engineering so that we talk about the things we can talk about um, and make promises we can keep. And then talk about technology, not products. Talk about the need for the technology. Talk about the problem and not the product. And then talk about the technology and not the product. And then launch a product we can go back to creating demand um, and pain around the problem even if a product launch has been delayed.
0: Just to finish off this section, I just wanted to um, go back to the, uh, the importance of marketers having a business mindset. Is it necessary for every person within the marketing team to think with a wider strategic business mindset or is it okay for the design team just to solely focus on design, etc.?
1: We just ran a campaign and had two different designers on it. One was research-based, one was brand-based. This is consistent with what we're doing. And the best practice-based, research-based uh, significantly outperformed in an A-B test. It was novel to the brand, but not inconsistent. Um So yes, and by significantly outperformed, I think it was about a 5X factor. So, and these are both really valued employees. They're tremendously talented designers. I need them to have a growth mindset there that we tried both and that was inherently good. One performed better. Let's both build on that. Um, For that to be turfy or defensive, would really be a risk to us? I don't need them to know all the background all the time to um, inherently be strategic, but I do need a growth mindset there for their own good, for their own resilience.
0: Is a growth mindset something you're looking for in interview in in the sort of very, very early stages of interviewing someone, or is it something you think you can impose upon your team once depending on the culture in which they work? Um, something that they can learn or is it something that's sort of pretty much ingrained in them from an early stage
1: it's both you can teach a lot of growth mindset you can teach a lot of resilience especially in how you approach your own culture but dealing with ambiguity is one of those things that we do test for in interviews because it's almost impossible to train so it's just that one characteristic that's core to my team and we we will listen for it it's inherent
0: so you just—is that how you're sort of testing? You're just listening out for it during the interview stages, and then yeah, design, we have a
1: couple of questions designed to how do you deal with ambiguity? To that Some people find wow. it harder than others.
0: <laughs> Very good, um, Michelle. Let's move on to AI because everyone wants to talk about AI at the moment, um, and just in terms of what we've been talking about earlier on. So, in terms of filling that gap between marketing strategy and execution. What role is AI playing? What does the outlook look like? Is strategy changing? What are your
1: thoughts? Yeah. So 56% of marketers are in fear of their jobs because of AI.
0: I thought it'd be more. 56, uh, I've read like 93, but uh, let's go with 56. That's less, less, less intimidating, isn't
1: it? We'll, we'll say 56. Um, but yes, we we shouldn't be in fear of this, but it, it needs to be something we're thinking about researching and testing every single day. Um, it is already changing customer behavior, SEO, search behavior. Um, it will change our CTAs, uh, our engagement numbers, how we look at those metrics. Um, it should change how we approach things like product recommendation tools. Our um, very approach to that. So customers are already there. We're playing catch up. Um, we're experimenting with it in marketing tactics and deliverables, and I think it has a lot of applic application there. Content creation, I hear a lot of companies talking about. Um it, there is no substitute for original ideas, for original research. Um, but it has you're already using it for editing, for proofreading, you know, your grammarly, your word editor. Um, we use it every day for proofreading and editing. I think it can save you steps on the very front end and the very back end. Um, but that middle, it makes the storytelling, the ideation that much more important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So is that uh, sort of the way you're tending to use it at the moment then? Proofreading, checking content, as opposed to be that creative spark?
1: Yes. And in the beginning, it is great for digesting a technical research paper and spitting it out what you need to know in your head to start to figure out what you don't know and need to know. Um, summary level, very useful, um, but it is not for content creation today.
0: No. Um, no, I'd agree with you. So, in terms of SEO, we're looking at how it can, how it's going to sort of impacts impact that i just i found myself yesterday instead of looking on google for a recipe i was on chat gpt looking for a recipe just for what i was going to cook for dinner and i didn't even realize what i'd done there but then i thought about it a bit more and say like, oh my search behavior has just changed there quite significantly i think we're already seeing it
1: in our traffic numbers for organic search it's hard to tell because the pickup in chat gpt came in around the same time as the cook to the switch over in Google Analytics. So it's going to take a while, but I think we're already seeing it in our numbers. Uh, It's pretty significant. And it's going to exacerbate the need for strategy. We need storytelling. Um, We need to, as marketers, decide our brand tone. It will make all of those tools more useful. Um, Get back to our customer personas and revisit those in light of First, the change in behaviors with Omnichannel and AI, and second, with some of the lifestyle shifts and behavior shifts that we've seen in the last three years, Um, the the way we reach customers and engage with them will be significantly different.
0: So I guess the temptation is going to be just to produce a load of the same stuff pretty quickly. Uh, just go volume, volume, volume instead of quality. I'm pretty clear that you disagree with that as a strategy, but how can you avoid that temptation when it just is so easy?
1: Yeah, I think we've bred sameness, both within Omnichannel and AI, um, and the templates available, this shift for efficiencies, everything looks and feels the same. Um, And we've accepted kind of corporate and industry norms. So company to company, they all look and feel the same. So I think that we need to change our thinking to campaign thinking and experiment with messaging, look, feel, um, and then choose the channels that suit it. I think real novelty is really welcome right now.
0: Yeah, do you think the same? This was happening before AI, and AI has just made it worse. Because I'm just thinking, it's Black Friday, obviously. This week, it's been Halloween recently. I saw so many offers for so many things that were basically using exactly the same copy. Um, so, do you think this was already an issue, and AI is just going to make it worse? Uh, and that's where the sort of the real storytellers, the real creative minds, are going to have a competitive advantage over everybody else doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, I don't want to see another holiday wreath or pumpkin in <laughs> my. <laughs> Industrial marketing news ever, really. (laughs) Um, It's just because comes things we should do because others do. Uh, It is pre-AI, but the tech stack, the tools are more affordable. They're easier to use. Uh, We can do an awful lot with Canva templates, and it all looks the same. Yeah.
0: And you can tell a mile off as well. I think that's a good thing for any uh, sort of coordinator sort of people um, at the start of their careers. If their managers come to them and say, let's do this because everyone else is doing it, always push back and ask why. Because that isn't a good reason to do something, is it?
1: No, no, it's just creating noise and that exacerbates the customer experience. Um, It's harder to get in with sales and have a real conversation if we've set this standard of me too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Just on sort of the AI for for content creation, or not just for content creation, for just in general for your marketing activities. So the way we've used it a lot is to take long-form video. We will then get transcripts of that, ask ChatGBT, or an equivalent to pick out the 10 key features and then use that as our sort of 10 key points for them to write a blog. Um, There's also some pretty cool stuff now where you can ask it to take an hour's video, pull out three key, key interesting points. So tomorrow when I've got this video back, I'll send it in and Michelle, pick out three interesting things that Michelle said. I'm sure there'll be many, many more than three, um, but we'll take those three and then they'll be our sort of 30 to 45 second snippet. So there's a lot of cool things uh, we can do with uh, with video. Is there anything else that you, you've tested out that would be interesting for listeners to to give a go? Hmm,
1: I would suggest... If you don't already, like prepping for this interview feeds great questions. You know, it may arm you or prep you for a meeting, an interview, a piece of content. Um, It's that summarizing that's really helpful. Um, And then that puts us as content creators to do give us more room for the wild card. Ask me a crazy question that they wouldn't have come up with. if you were, you know, add some novel thought, that's, our job has shifted.
0: Fantastic. And then I just wanted to touch on, whilst we just wrap up this AI section, um, and I was just thinking about what we were talking about before, about new recruits, college pathways, things like that. Is there a danger that smart grads look at AI and marketing and think oh, a lot of the marketing job's going to be done by AI, maybe I'll take a different career path. Is there a danger of that happening and there sort of being a shortage in talent going forward?
1: I think there is a real danger. We also have a retirement wave happening. So we're losing a lot of our marketers. Um, So if that pipeline starts to dry up a bit of new grads, um, then it won't be the first or last time that we've looked outside of these disciplines for marketing help. You know, we're seeing a lot of interest in the specific tactics in film, videography, design. Um, those disciplines are getting more narrow. And so I think it will come back to the employer to cross-train, uh, to elevate and teach some strategic thinking.
0: Perfect. Um, and then to finish up, Michelle, I just wanted to ask you to sort of some a few quickfire fire thoughts on the on a few points so we've already touched on quite a lot of them but if you were to give one piece of advice for each of these uh, what would it be so in terms of getting closer to your to your customers what's the best thing people can be doing
1: sure uh is often a start uh, but it is definitely not the end uh third-party interviews are tremendously helpful they will speak more candidly uh do a cross-section so that you've got some statistically valid findings and really capture the language that they're speaking with and the emotions they're speaking with um, more so than the summary. Um, do a deeper dive into what drives customers today.
0: Superb. And then in one one tip for having a growth mindset or developing a growth mindset if you haven't quite got there yet.
1: It's about curiosity. If you can stay curious, um, constantly learning, learn things with, outside of your discipline um ask a lot of great questions um if marketers did nothing but ask great questions they would be better marketers a b test everything to eliminate some of that defensiveness because you're going to be wrong every time in one of your hypotheses um just kind of build some muscle for that get really curious about your metrics
0: and then the final one there's two parts of this so if we if you're talking to both a, a VP and a, sort of an entry level marketer, what's the one thing you would suggest to them to help fill the gap between the strategy and the execution?
1: At C level, um, I would take a close look at how you're approaching strategy. Um, get the right people in the room, get a cross section of people in the room after you do some customer discovery so that they're reacting to what the customer needs next. Uh, at a coordinator level, um, I feel your pain. (laughs) They've had a lot (laughs) stocked on them. Um, And I would just ask them to, I think, start with building relationships elsewhere in the organization. Network, if you will, Uh, get curious about other people's jobs, uh, how they think about and approach the customer, what they know about the customer experience.
0: Yeah, a little bit of internal marketing to finish up. I'd like to hear that. Um, that's superb stuff, Michelle. Let's wrap things up there. Appreciate you sharing your, your time and expertise with everyone again today, I think for the third time. Um, really loved having this conversation again. So speak again soon and have a great Thanksgiving.
1: Thank you so much.
0: A big thanks as always to Michelle for sharing her expertise with us all today. If you've enjoyed listening, then please think about leaving a review on your podcast provider, sharing this episode on social media, or with a colleague who you think will enjoy it as well. This podcast was edited by Jao Pinto and brought to you by Azo Network. We'll be back again soon with more special guests for the marketing science community. We hope you can join us then. And until next time, take care and thanks for listening.